This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. Give me an example of of one of the worst mistakes either either you or your wife has has made in the kitchen. Oh, um, hmm. well, I, I, I've probably mentioned it on here before. I cannot bake like I, I'm not a baker at all. You know, I do pretty well otherwise in the kitchen and outside the kitchen, but baking is not my forte. So the amount of times that I have absolutely just ruined either my attempt at like a cake or some kind of dessert because I, you know, overshoot my shot and completely miss the target. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's a few examples of those. Yeah. We, we struggle over here uh, oddly with, with pasta at times. Uh, like there was one time I was out of town in Chicago. I get a call from, from my wife uh, and she tried to make easy Mac w- without putting any water in it, um, which ignited uh, and almost caught the microwave on fire. Fun. Um, but uh, but and then I, I had an issue like I would always I'd set the water out to boil for the pasta and then it would it would just evaporate and, and it would be gone. And I was I was so sad it was missed. Well, I certainly didn't miss this. Let's get on with the show. Chopper out to Dansby. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is. The Atlanta Braves are world champions. Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast. Now you're all in big, big trouble. Talk to you. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how's it going today? What shaking bacon? Ah, not too much, Cam. It's it's been it's been a while. The the last time we were doing this, we we were right next to each other. Yeah, and that was enough uh, enough quality time for me. So I just I've taken the past month <laughs> off the show. Do it again. It, it's what happens, you know. We get we get visits from our from our out of state friends, and and you know they they don't stay long. They run away. Look at you. Look at Joe. He was just here. God, I went out to dinner with him, and within twenty four hours, he'd flown back to Washington. 
golly, man, I, I thought he was like spending the rest of the week in Atlanta. What a what what a what a crazy time. What a crazy turnaround. <laughs> but for real, it was it was one unbelievable to it was it was great to finally meet Joe because anyone who's who's a longtime listener of this show, um God, I don't know. I don't know if we would have had half the fun that we had the first couple of seasons without Joe's participation. We 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 could always count on him for uh for a goofy phone call or um I I reminded him when uh when when I was out to dinner with he and his wife um of how he was in the the bathroom after drinking a bunch of Fireball uh just reading off the ingredients to his wife's shampoo bottle. <laughs> That, was, that did happen. That was one of my one of my all time favorite segments. Um, I but, mean, what I mean, one of our Christmas episodes was just basically an ode to Joe. Oh yeah, it was. You wrote a you wrote a, a you wrote a poem. You wrote a Joeum. I did. I did. I wrote a running night before Christmas Joeum, and then featured some of his best voicemails, which is still in the archives. <laughs> you can go back and listen to that. That was so good. It only ended up being like a half an hour episode because it turns out going and clipping his bits from every episode that he was on is a time consuming process. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, right before the holidays, not like you were busy or anything. No, not at all. Not at all. But, not at all. But, the, but speaking the, of being busy. Yes, sir. Alex. Yes. Yes, Cam. Don't you have an announcement to make? Um, I, I, I do. So, uh, this announcement was spoiled for anyone who uh, who who got to come and see us at ASW. But um, part of the reason why uh, why we had a slow start to this season um, was because Cam was welcoming his second child into the world. And part of the reason why we will be ending the show after this season is because I am welcoming my first into the world myself. Let's go! <laughs> we are uh we are due in february uh and uh this this time next week so next sunday we'll be doing our uh our little gender reveal thing so we'll we'll figure out what we're having um that's uh it's gonna it's been exciting so far and it's gonna be a uh it's gonna be a wild fall and winter that's for sure yes <laughs> and and i was i was just telling cam it's it's really really cool for us because we we just went out to dinner last night and we were intending to to tell some of our best friends in town here um and and before we even got to it they told us that they were due in january so so turns out uh we're having one in february some of our best friends are having one in january all going through this thing for the first time together. So uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's for sure. Well, on behalf of the Matthews household, we are all tremendously thrilled for you guys. And I cannot wait to meet my niece or nephew in February. Oh yes. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be tremendous. So, uh, so yeah, we, uh, we are giving up our children of the chatting average podcast for actual children in the real world. Speaking of uh, of of meeting your nephew, Cam came to Atlanta so we could record a show. That's right. Our last episode was the live show at ASW Distillery. And the party did not stop with that podcast because we had a grand old time uh, after the recording was over. My goodness. What that was that was one of the all-time baseball days of my life. It was a it was certainly a white boy weekend. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the battery wasn't ready. Battery was not ready. So, you know, we, we <laughs> no, actually we it turned out the, the battery was was thoroughly prepared. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we were <laughs> we were nothing compared to some of the things we've seen. <laughs> this is true. Um, it, it started out a little rough, though, because I as uh, as we've discussed in weeks past, I was in charge of the the audio visual setup for the show um, no <laughs> and had had everything absolutely everything figured out it was perfect and we get to the setup stage and there is one one little thing one tiny little thing that i had uh forgotten to bring with us to asw cam uh what had i forgotten uh the power cable to your computer oh okay okay and one would assume that the computer is going to need to be in the on position to to record a show correct that is, a, that is what the flight attendant told me ahead of time. Ah, 
Ah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so that was rough. I, uh, I, <laughs> so, I will, I will never for the rest of my days forget you and Christine calling me over. I'm sitting there. I'm mingling. Folks are starting to come in. I'm, uh, I'm welcoming them to the space. It's, it's like them... right about noon, which is when we were getting started at this point. I, I stepped away to let Alex do his thing as far as setting up because I knew he knew what he was doing, and then I just hear, "Hey, Cam." And I turn over, and this look in Alex's eyes told me things are not going well. <laughs> I, when I realized I had no, I, I, I was so desperate. Like I called Dylan to see if I could steal one of 680's power cords. He did. He did. <laughs> and and end up, I. I <laughs> I remember this moment vividly. I I grabbed Cam by the shoulder. I looked him in the eyes. I said, entertain the people. I've got to go run home and get this cord. And proceeded to to uh to to violate just about every traffic regulation that I possibly could in an effort to get it there. Well, fortunately, you don't live too, too far from the ballpark. I I it, I, I got there and back in 45 minutes. Yeah, which was fine. Everybody had a drink. Everybody everybody met each other. Everybody made new friends. It was a grand old time. I met Papa Rakes. Oh, yeah. Big big Dave was out there. Big Dave. I, I, I met Alex's dad. That was fun. Got to hang out with Doc and Dylan and friend Will of the show. I got to meet, uh, got to meet Tracy. She swung by for a good minute. Papa Joel flew in yeah, from Kansas. Right. That's what I was going to say. Papa Joel hung out with us at the game. I was getting to Papa Joel in a second. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, who else made it? Of course, of course, Donna and Donahue. That's right. That's right. And then uh, Jaden swung by after we were done recording. Got to That's hang out right. With her she did. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was, you know, it, for me, as somebody who lives over six hours away from Atlanta proper and, you know, maybe gets to come down there once a year at most on a good year. Now, this was my first time down since 2019, since, you know, before the pandemic. For me, being able to come down and meet some of these people that I interact with basically daily on Twitter was so awesome. And and the coolest part for me, honestly, was finally meeting Donna and Donahue. And I say that because, you know, it's no secret. We're all pretty close and we're all in a group chat together. And, you know, we talk daily, right? Every day. Every day, every every day, but I had never met half, you know, basically half of this group that I'm in, despite talking to them every day for like the past two years, right? And so I get to hang out with Donna on Friday night. He came over to Alex's house. We all had dinner together. We all watched the game together. Had a grand time. Took a couple of hilarious pictures with it, which ended up on Twitter. Um, the funniest one being one that I didn't even realize was taken until the next morning. And which, then, which one was that? That was the one where we're all laughing for some reason. Oh, okay. but it's like, but it's like the most unserious, like white guy, middle aged laugh. Oh, yeah, we did, like, we did get the uh, the uh, the stereotypical white guy at a baseball game panoramic. We did, we that did, it was we a good one. <laughs> but then it was cool on Saturday morning. We show up to the battery to start getting set up for the show, and Donna and Donahue are already there. And you know, got to keep in mind. Jeff Donahue is somebody that I got to know through this podcast, essentially. He was on episode, what is it, three? Something like us? that. Yeah, two or three. Yeah, Episode two or three with us. We've talked about that before. We stayed up like to all hours of the night just hanging out and talking, right? And so I, I consider him as well, you know, a super close friend of mine, but had never met the guy. And so finally getting to meet him. It's, it's so funny. Within five minutes of actually formally meeting him, we're standing there in ASW. We're getting set up. And he leans over, and I'll never forget, he goes, you know, it's funny. Just for meeting you the first time, it doesn't feel like I'm actually meeting you for the first time. Well, And, and I, I said, I know. That's the thing. That's the – and and even – even if the, we hadn't had like the the hours and hours of of all the three of us, uh, and, and even uh, include Donna and that, all of us talking uh, on a podcast, like even from our interactions just on Twitter, it felt like we knew each other ahead of time. Like the the awkward who is this guy phase never existed. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, that's one thing that, as sad as I am to say goodbye to this podcast at the end of the season, that's one thing that I'm always going to be super thankful for, for this show doing, is like bringing some just super awesome people into my lives that beyond the podcast, I know will be great friends of mine, you know, for years to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, the, the, the Matthews and Butler families are forever intertwined. Leave the memories alone. <laughs> okay. All right. That, that's enough. That's enough sentimentality. That's enough sentimentality, Kim. What, we, since... we, we forgot a few months of this show. We got to get through before we do the full, do the right. full boohoo episode. Oh, well, um, <laughs> okay. So, so let's, let's go into the day further. We, uh, we get done with the, with the show. Um, before we, uh, we, we move on from our time at, at ASW, I gotta, I gotta shout out Sophia Grace Dent. Um, she's the manager over there at uh, ASW and uh, a Twitter buddy of ours for a long time. Um, she made everything as easy as it could have ever possibly been for us. Um, it was it was a, an absolute dream to work with them. So uh, thank you to her and thank you to everybody at the ASW Distillery. Oh, for sure. Tremendous service, tremendous drinks. Unbelievable drinks. Awesome. Like. And I'm, you know, I'm not a big cocktail guy. I'm not a big mixed drink guy. But oh, we were course, we were sucking down some pink drinks. Oh, we were I, more. I would say more purple, but it was it was a huckleberry syrup uh, cocktail that was tremendous. <laughs> it was fantastic. So I, after that, we uh, we get back to my house and uh, and unload all the stuff and and you end up going back to the battery. Uh, go to the battery and uh, uh, for the first time for all four of us. Uh, that's me, Cam, uh, Donna and Donahue. We all go to burn by Rocky Patel. Now I, I'm not a cigar guy, but, but I knew Cam had a little bit of knowledge about it. So, um, figured he'd guide us in there and end up having just an unbelievable experience at the place. The whole cigar lounge vibe before a baseball game is, is nothing I'd ever done and just, just fit us like a glove. It, yeah. It's definitely on the do again list for right sure. for sure and, and, and if it weren't a night game like if had we gone to like a day game and gotten out you know six seven o'clock after the game at, that would have after, been clutch after a game would have been pretty fantastic and you say that i know a little bit about cigars i feel like i know nothing about cigars after talking to the guy who uh who works <laughs> in the humidor there at rocky patel uh, my I'll, word i'll tell you what there is uh there is there is there's nothing that gets me going that like, like, like listening to somebody who takes the utmost pride in what they do talk about their craft, uh, oh, reg yeah. regardless of what that craft is. Um, if, if you're passionate about it, it is fun to listen to you talk about it. And this guy in their, in their cigar room, I I've, I've met very few people in my life with that much knowledge about what they do. It, it was incredible. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I walked in and I had a pretty basic idea of what I wanted, but, you know, the the other three of you obviously don't partake in cigars as, as often as I do, and so whenever he just, like, started walking through you guys, and I liked it, too, he, he wasn't a hard salesman, you know, but yeah. I remember the, the smoothest thing that he said, Donahue asked him, like, hey, what cigar would you recommend if I didn't want to spend a lot? And now that, that would have been easy for any other cigar salesman to go into. Well, here's a $20 cigar right here that you could. But no, he rolls off with, well, you know, a lot is subjective. $20 could be a lot to you. $50 could be a lot to me. It doesn't matter. And like started going off of like, you know, here's what I would recommend. It ended up being like a 7 or $8 cigar, which is perfect for you guys. Right. And and the that's that was the great thing about it is even though we knew absolutely nothing like he didn't make us feel less than for that. Like he he educated us a little bit on what we were getting, and we kind of felt like we knew a bit more walking out than we did walking in. Well, you know, and being being where he is, he probably has dozens of folks on the daily that are coming to a game and say, "Hey, you know what? It'd actually be cool to go do this." Right. And so, yeah. you know, he knows his job. He knows his job is to educate. So, I I, I commend him for that. And, if you are ever at all interested in, you know, enjoying a cigar before or after a game, go buy Rocky Patel. I could not recommend it enough. Yeah, I highly recommend, highly recommend. So 
wandered over to the game from there uh in, enjoyed us one hell of a baseball game papa joel ended up sitting with us the whole time uh it was it was fantastic highlight of the night was learning that michael tonkin um comes out to the kids aren't all right oh yeah <laughs> and so our entire road just hit the whoa every time that it hit in the song oh yeah <laughs> And then we and then we wound up listening to the offspring the entire drive home. Tremendous, tremendous time. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was just it it was a it was a great, great weekend that I honestly cannot wait to do again at some point next year. Uh, absolutely. And and yeah, maybe we maybe we bring the show back like just for that annually. Yeah, there we go. That would be cool. But um, I, I, I kind of wish you had stuck around for another week longer than you did because uh, it wound up being uh, being influencer night at the ballpark the following Tuesday. So the yeah, the, I, I didn't get that invitation. Uh, that's they, fine. That's, they, that's fine. It's whatever. It's cool. It's fine. They knew you were in Cackalack. We do not call that. We call it <laughs> that here. I don't live in Hotlanta like you do. <laughs> Got him. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh Bally Sports was was nice enough to uh to invite some of the uh the Braves Twitter to uh to their suite at Truist Park. Um and and uh the likes of of uh myself, Jeff Donna, Jay Donahue, um uh, uh Demetrius, Leslie Mines, uh Doc Herbert at Aaron Tuning. It was it was a great crowd. It was so much fun. Um the, and uh ended up seeing a great game. The Braves absolutely blew out the Mets. Um they had the uh they had the uh the suite stocked with uh with with Bally Sports short boy hats and t-shirts and uh, uh nice. blooper came by to say hi and it was absolutely fantastic um and, and you know Braves Twitter Braves Twitter influences everything and and as a result of that the next day I woke up and had covid again Ain't it fun? <laughs> <laughs> so that's part of why we uh, we haven't recorded a show in a while. Um, my voice was absolutely wrecked, uh, and I, I was in rough shape there for a hot minute. Um, I, I I don't like. Wh- what do you even do with COVID in in the year twenty twenty three? Like, shouldn't there be a, a damn pill for this or something? One would think. One yeah, thing. But, well, I well, I know this horse farmer, and he told me about this one medicine. Ooh. That he gives. <laughs> Rec- the, the Chipper Jones special. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon Ivermectin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seems like as good of a time as any to transition to this week in baseball history. What do you say, Cam? <laughs> Let's do it. All right, we're going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is August 28th through September 3rd. Golly, we're into September already. Our first fact comes to us from August 28th, 2003. Eric Gagne earns his 44th straight save when he retires the side in order in the Dodgers' 6-3 victory over the Astros at Minute Maid Park. The 27-year-old Los Angeles reliever's effort en route to expanding the mark to 55 establishes a new major league record, surpassing Tim Gordon, who had saved 43 in a row to begin a season with the Red Sox in 1998. He was all right, I guess. He was all right. You know, Eric Gagne is always going to be one of those guys that, like, the steroid thing is going to permanently damage his reputation, right? But... I, I, here I am about to play devil's advocate for the Dodgers. Um, <laughs> it was the steroid era. Like, yeah, I, don't, I mean, we were just coming off of it. I, yeah, I, for sure. I, 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 I think I actually heard Dylan talking about this on the radio. And then as much as it worries me to, to share a sentiment with him. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. It's, it, it's my, like, the opinion of the steroid era, at least like at 90% of the league was doing it. It was on level ground for the most part. Right. Right. So like, yeah, it's, it wasn't 
overall like a naturally occurring game like everybody was doing it even the pitchers the one thing or I'll, two I things i said I'll... it before and i'll say it again bring bring back the steroids bring back the sticky stuff let's have superheroes playing the game again i'll say this the two things i always appreciated about eric gagne was one he thick oh he is a big boy Oh yeah, yeah, mass mass equals gas, baby. And two, he wore sports glasses, which is great. Oh, that's true. Yeah, like I, I think Not I actually the tweeted days about- of sports glasses. That was that was an era. I tweeted about this yesterday, actually. While did you really? I did not see that. <laughs> I did. I tweeted about how, like, I think my exact words were, "You know what? I'm gonna say it. More baseball players need to wear sports glasses and goggles again." Yes. And, of course, Dayton from Nebraska replies with a picture of Mark Lemke with the worst-looking sports goggles you've ever seen. <laughs> no, I, want, I, think, I think his exact words were, America needs this. I want them out there with, like, the Christopher Daniels reflective lenses. There it is. Can you imagine? Let him, let him wear those Viper shades on the mound. Okay, what is a what is a better fad that needs to come back in the sport of baseball? Is it Zubaz sports pants. goggles? Hang on, sports goggles slash glasses or Zubaz pants? Mock turtlenecks. Oh God! Oh no! See, no, dude. I live in Atlanta. I I will not support turtlenecks. Will not. Yeah, but leave, the mock turtleneck is such a leave, okay. Okay, leave that to the Minnesotans. Damn it. Okay, here here here's another one for you. Uh, would you rather see? High top Reebok cleats make yes. a comeback. Yes. Or or uniforms with vests make a comeback. I I'm I I don't mind uniforms with vests. I might go both on that one. I, I love a good uniform with a vest. Like yeah, a- Arizona the Pirates. Uh, when when Griffey Arizona a couple of weeks ago wore them, they brought back the purple and teal yep. vest uniforms on the night that they honored. Uh, Louise Gonzalez and Randy Johnson and Zach Gallon took to Twitter and said, "Hey, we should wear these more often because they absolutely should." Yes, and and like when uh, I remember Ken Griffey Jr. playing for the Reds, wearing the white Reds vest with the the red long sleeves underneath it. Yes, didn't Baltimore have one at one point? Probably so. I know Maybe. the Pirates did. Yeah, the Pirates. It's just I don't know. It's a good look. The, the pirates also need to bring back the pillbox cap. I I will agree with that. I will agree with that. I am all for teams bringing back like quote unquote tacky parts of their uniform history. Oh man, yeah. I I would love like a game where everybody everybody on the field dresses like it's eighteen eighty or something. Well. <sighs> They've done like an old timers day. Like, didn't they do that with it in Atlanta one time? Like where they wore, I don't, I don't know. I, I tell you what, I, I, I feel like they did it in Atlanta once where they wore like the flannel style uniforms and there was no actual music. It was all organ music for walk up songs. And Atlanta like, could absolutely pull that off. I feel like that I would mean, be, they've got, pick. they've got one of the best organists in the game. Oh, the best, sir. The best. <laughs> we ought to get him on the show before we wrap things up. That would be great. Hey, speaking speaking of which, friends, guess who your boy just got an unsolicited DM from? Oh, yeah! <laughs> um, t- t- Tucker Davidson, Kansas City Royals starting pitcher, uh, reached back out and wants to come back on the show and kind of update his road. And I, my immediate reaction was to tell him, I you're couldn't. not a brave anymore. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I told him I couldn't possibly think of a better way to, uh, to, to round out uh, the, the, the life of the chatting average podcast than to, to bring, bring Mr. Tucker Davidson back on and have a, have a, have a check in with him. Oh Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, Tucker's uh, Tucker's first interview still has still holds one of my favorite podcast moments ever. But it's a moment that never actually made air. You were freak out when you thought that his interview didn't record. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker, Tucker signs out of the call. And then all of a sudden, Alex goes, Cam, Cam. Oh, my God. 
what? What? No. What? I'm like, what? What happened? He goes, I don't see the recording. And I was like, yeah, but I see it. That was that was a tough one, guys. Good times. All right. Our next fact comes to us from August 30th, 1913. With the Phillies ahead 8-6, to six, umpire William Brennan forfeits the game to the Giants in the top of the ninth inning when the Baker Bowl fans sitting in the bleachers continue to distract New York batters by waving their handkerchiefs and straw hats. After what? National League President Thomas Lynch reverses the decision, giving Atlanta the victory, or giving Philadelphia the victory, the circuit's board of directors orders the game, which will end with the same score, to be completed in New York on October 2nd before the start of a scheduled doubleheader between the two clubs at the Polo Grounds. Amazing. So yeah, the umpire ended the game because the fans were too ruckus. They were waving their hats and handkerchiefs. Unbelievable. That I mean, actually, that that reminds me of a, a clip I just saw this morning from from earlier this season. Um, I, I want to say it was the Reds and the catcher kind of does that thing where he reaches the, the glove up behind his head for the extra ball because the first one's out of play. Um, but then I, I guess he thought the ball was staying in play and pulled his glove back. Well, the umpire immediately thought he was showing him up and threw him out without a second thought. Welcome to the Ump Show, baby. Oh, it was incredible. And and that's that is one of the grand traditions of baseball that that I feel like I could do without. Yeah, it always seems like there has just been a vast history in umpires being yeah, as umpires. Long, as long as there have been baseball stories, there have been stories about umpires wanting to 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 be the center of attention. For sure. All right, our next fact comes to us from September 1st, 1890. On Labor Day at Brooklyn's Washington Park, the Bridegrooms, later known as the Dodgers, win all three games against Pittsburgh in the first triple header ever played. The home team sweeps the visiting Alleghenies, who will become the Pirates next season 10-9, 3-2, and 8-4. Bring back triple headers. I, you know, I thought about this when I saw this fact. And why know, couldn't never... you pull it off in the case of like an extreme weather event? Like do do a do a if you're there all weekend anyway, and your Friday and Saturday games get rained out, give me like a, a 10 o'clock, a three o'clock and an eight o'clock. And you can't tell me that they're like that wouldn't be one of the more memorable days of your life going to a triple header. At a major oh, league absolutely. ballpark. Okay, so you go to a triple header, all right? They have changed up the concessions to give you breakfast for game one. Oh, what yeah. Kind of, what kind of food do you want to see in the ballpark? Waffle House. What, okay, yes. All right. But that's the You already have Waffle House, though, at Truist Park, don't you? So? Okay. What, like, all right. What is a novelty ballpark food? Like, I could see like a big breakfast sausage link on a bun topped with i don't know sausage gravy and cheddar cheese or something like that Gold, goldberg's deli and i would eat every, okay all right you're you're ruining this segment How dare you? <laughs> you have lost all vigor and enthusiasm for this show and i will not We do a little my trolling. Man got, We're doing just, my, we do, sometimes we troll a little. I'm, I'm just trolling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our final fact comes to us from September 3rd, 1963. Ron Santo ties the National League record by a third baseman for errors committed in one inning. Oh, the no. Cub infielders three miscues in the second frame <laughs> lead to a seven-run outburst and an eventual 16-3 victory for the Giants at Candlestick Park. And and this is a great example of of why I uh, always make fun of people that get too wrapped up uh in regular season baseball games. Um that man has a statue built outside of Wrigley <laughs> Field right, right now. <laughs> he is and he is and quite like if I, you were to name five legendary Cubs, I I have seen he's one of them. I have seen some Braves fans on the Twitter app who would have had that man shipped off to to Korea. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I always try to remember it in this way, right? For professional baseball players, this is their job. So you've never had a bad day at your job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like these things happen. Like, I don't care how good you are at your job. You've had a rough one. I mean, Chipper literally threw his last game. Okay, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. <laughs> That's really mean. But no, it happens. It happens. Even to Hall of Famers and guys with statues like Ron Santa. Exactly. All right. Well, that has been this week in baseball history. Do with that useless knowledge what you will. All right, guys. Well, as you can see from the slider down below where you're listening this to this, this episode is not two and a half hours. So we're not going to be recapping the, the 30 or so Braves games it's been since we last recorded. Um, Good Lord, it really has been like that many, hasn't it? It really has. So we're going to take an overall view at the <laughs> uh, the Major League Baseball standings. Uh, so we're, we're going to start off with the Sunday game against the Brewers. <laughs> the Drew Sunday game. Yeah. Was that back in, was that last month? That, that was uh, that was like July 29th or 30th. Oh, oh God. All right. Well, the Braves have uh, just kept on rolling. They are now 40 games. That's right. 40 games above 500 84 and 44 on the season good for a 656 winning percentage um they are 44 and 22 at home 40 and 22 on the road with a plus 222 run differential all of those numbers are 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 best in the league because of course they are uh, on the, pace for 106 wins which is just stupid eight and two in their last 10 like it just it just does not stop this team is an absolute juggernaut um four games behind the atlanta braves for second best record in all of major league baseball are our american league chosen baltimore orioles they are sitting at 81 and 49 first place in the american league east uh, uh, two games up on the second place Tampa Bay Rays. I, I who just have, who just forgot how to baseball in the second half. They really did. It's it scary, but uh, I, I the Orioles are a really fun team, and if if this run is indicative of what we're going to be able to expect for them for this foreseeable future, uh, I really like this Baltimore Orioles team. Yeah, if only they'd open up the checkbook a little bit, but that is neither here nor there. Well, my uh, my my preseason prediction of the Los Angeles Dodgers falling off uh, turns out to have been greatly exaggerated. Uh, the Dodgers sit atop the National League West at eighty and forty nine, uh, four and a half games behind the Braves, but uh, but well clear uh, of the uh, the second place Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, we I think we were foolish for counting the Dodgers out. Really? I, 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 I will not apologize. I will not apologize for what I said, but I mean, it's got to happen eventually, right? Sure. They're, they're so old. Sure. When the, uh, when the sun explodes, why does, why does JD Martinez turn like 57 and then go hit 40 home runs for them? I don't know. Why is it that they can get whatever player they basically want and still have a top five farm system every year? <laughs> well, the, it is uh, kind of dumb, right? Like, oh, it's very dumb. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, my favorite division to look at right now is actually the American League West. Right now, Ooh, there is yeah, there is a yeah. tie, a tie atop the the American League West for first place. And a tie, I tell you. And neither of the teams tied for first place are named the Houston Astros. Yes. The Rangers and Mariners are tied for first place. Uh, the Mariners on a 9-1 and one streak. The <laughs> Rangers on a 2-8 and eight streak. Uh, it is absolute <laughs> chaos out there in the West. Yeah, somehow the Rangers still hold on to first place despite losing like seven in a row or so over the past week. But man, the Mariners have really turned it on and made things interesting. It is so much fun. Julio, and Julio Rodriguez, Rod Julio is, Rodriguez on, is 
playing ridiculous baseball some, right now. Some kind of a heater, man. Like this guy's get for like three back. weeks. That's the thing. Like yeah. it's not like it's not like this heater started on Monday and we're talking about like, oh man, what a great couple of series. No, he's had like a three week stretch that has just been stupid. Didn't didn't he have like what what was it? He had he went three for three, four for four, and three for three all within like twenty four hours. So he had, yeah, guy, he had the guy went like 12 for 12 in no time. What was the stat I saw that like over a weekend series, he individually had more base hits over a weekend series than like the Royals as a team had hits over a weekend series. <laughs> like it's just ridiculous. It, it, it's so much fun to watch. And I, I tweeted about it yesterday. I'm, it's we're, we are now, as we're recording this, it is uh, it is August 27th, um, and the Houston Astros are in third place. Uh, I, I, I don't really understand it. Like, I look at their roster, and that is still a, a Houston Astros team to be feared, but they just haven't quite turned it on yet. I, I, I don't I, understand. I don't They're know. Four They're and still... six in their last ten. Like, why aren't they running away with this division? Well... I, I'm smarter, though, than to just, like, completely write them off because with basically, what, five-ish weeks left in oh, the season? Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not writing them off at all. I, like, I just – I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. You know, I, I think I think four weeks from now we could be sitting here saying, like, well, you know, the Astros have won 16 of their last 20 and, you know, they're back in first place, RIP Rangers. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, the I, Rangers look to be headed nowhere fast. It is uh it is it is a tough scene down there in Dallas. Yeah, things aren't going exactly wet like as you know, as especially with all the buying as, they did at the deadline. Yikes. Well, I was gonna say things are going about as poorly for the Rangers as they could for a first place team. Right, right. And and for them to still be 73 and 50, 56, uh it speaks to the first half that they had it was it, it was pretty ridiculous and they can get away with with a little bit of this foolishness in the second half but not too much right right well and you know for every offensive stat the braves lead in more likely than not it's the rangers right behind them in second place yep well the uh the central divisions are uh as per usual the the worst divisions in baseball um, the Minnesota Twins uh, are only four games above 500 and yet have a six game lead over the second place Cleveland Guardians. In, uh, in the NL Central, the Milwaukee Brewers, 72 and 57, three and a half games up on the 69 and 61 Chicago Cubs, who have found it in the second half. Uh, yeah, seemingly. Yeah. You know, you almost have, you have to almost tip your cap to the Cubs in a way for kind of going for it at the deadline to an extent and trying because it feels like it's working off and they're still right there within striking distance of the division. Well, the, uh, the front office for the Cubs and to their credit was, was very, very patient with this team um, because it was a, a struggle of a first half for them uh, and, and for them to, to, to even consider buying at the deadline um, was a pretty bold move. So, so kudos to them for, uh, for taking the gamble and paying it off. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Unlike, uh, Cincinnati. Unlike Cincinnati. I, I, uh, God, uh, Cincinnati, I mean, still certainly within striking distance of a postseason spot. They're only a game and a half behind the Chicago Cubs for second place in that division. Uh, you know, one or two hot weeks for them. And all of a sudden they're, they're back in the conversation for winning that division. I don't know. I, I think I've said it before. Like, imagine if Cincinnati had actually gone after a couple of starters. Uh, I, it would have been fun to see. It really would have. But, um, you know, it was a tough situation for them because they do have a, a just a ton of young arms that are really promising and just hurt right now. So, I mean, if you go and you you buy up all of this pitching and it their contracts don't all expire right away, then then you're kind of overloaded in one spot and can't spend in another. Uh, breaking news, my dog is currently eating a lizard. So that's fun. Hell yes. All right. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm looking at you. That's also, right. also breaking news, the New York Mets are in last place. 
<laughs> that's right the washington nationals have a game lead over the new york mets for- I, I, you know what though you you joke about the mets falling off but you have to give credit to the nationals because they've got like the fifth best record in all of baseball since the all-star break yeah yeah i mean their their kids are starting to grow up really quickly it seems and and there's I- <laughs> Well, you know, there's as, a as chance much- there's a chance that these Nationals wind up finishing the season in third place because they're only five games behind the Marlins, who are not having a very good second half at all. Man, what has happened to the Marlins? I, I, their their first half was great. They had every reason to to buy at the deadline, and then all of a sudden they can't play baseball. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think there's something to be said too about like for teams right on the cusp of competing or, you know, being right there at a playoff spot when your front office doesn't cash some chips in, you know, what does that do to a morale of a team? I, I, and you'll, I can't and you'll never, you'll never get a straightforward answer, at least not until like some of these guys are out of baseball and retired, you know, when we get their memoirs in 20 years, but like it, it, it things like that do make me wonder of, if you're a team and you're competing your butt off every single day, day in, day out, and you're doing the best with what you got, and you're like two games behind a wild card spot, right? And the trade co- trade deadline comes and goes, and your office does nothing to help improve you. I don't know, man. I that I feel like that is just a kick in the nards. That, Absolutely, you know, it is. You know, I think there's no other way to look at it. Cam, um, looking at these standings here, I uh, I got a little quiz for you. Okay. There are seven teams that ESPN.com is giving a 94% chance or better of making the playoffs at this point in the season. Can you name them? All right, let's go. Grab a low-hanging fruit first, yeah. Atlanta, Baltimore, LA. Yep. Okay, then I'm going to go... Texas? No. No, really? No, Texas is given 69.6% odds of making the postseason. Nice. Which is, which is third best in their division. Okay. So I guess Houston then. No. Nobody okay. in the AL West. Hmm. Tampa? Yes. Okay. Tampa. Tampa's in there. So that's that's what four teams out that of seven. Is, that is four out of seven. Four out of seven. Okay. Um, I have suddenly forgotten baseball. Uh, Philly. Yes, and that okay. was, that that's actually what this was all leading into because okay, um, Philly. Okay. You know that and making fun of the Minnesota Twins, they have a ninety-five point nine percent chance of making the postseason, and a two. <laughs> they and are a, hot garbage, and a two hundred percent chance of getting swept out of the first round. They have one of the worst offenses in all of baseball. It's so they bad. Good. Like they're they always make the postseason, and it's always hilarious. But yes, the uh, the Phillies haven't they been swept like the past three or four times they've made the postseason i believe so that's gross yes uh, <laughs> that's the, gross but uh some some familiar postseason faces in the phillies and the brewers round out that list um and and two teams that you know give if they get hot at the right time can give just about anybody trouble okay at this point in the season zach wheeler is considered uh it has the highest war of any pitcher in baseball you know, I, 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 I could see that, and yeah, I mean, the Phillies are are going to be trouble, and I think it's easy to look past them because when you just look directly at your divisional lead for Atlanta, you sit there and say like, "Well, well I mean, we got this in the bag. We're at what? What is it? 23, 21 games, magic number? Yep, you know, twenty one. Actually, it might be less than that now. It might be, I, you it might, know, it might be nineteen. We're, we're, we're sitting at the point now where, you know, in the next two and a half weeks, we could very well lock up the division like mid-September, which is crazy, right? Uh, and so I think it's easy for us as Atlanta fans to look at the standings and say like, hey, well, we've got it because we've, you know, we've been so far and out. But, you know, when you look at the Phillies, they're not a bad team. 
They're really not. And they're going to – they could be a potentially dangerous team again come the postseason. Now, it does come down to their bats, I feel like. Um, Zach Wheeler's going to perform. Aaron Nola, you know, more often than not does perform as much as we like to give him guff for how, you know, we're able to really handle him well in Atlanta. Are, you know, are the Phillies a team you could see making consecutive postseason runs despite the the defensive issues that they have? Well, again, I, I think beyond that, I think it really comes down to their their bats. You know, I think it comes down to their offense is, you know, is Kyle Schwarber in the leadoff spot? Is he getting on base or is he putting balls in the seats like he needs to? Is JT Realmuto on a good streak or not because he's not had a great season this year? Is Bryce Harper healthy enough to perform well enough here in the postseason? Because, again, he's coming, he's still coming off a major surgery. And, like, yeah, he's done well enough this year, but you're still talking about the end of the season and a you know a very taxing season on that elbow of his. You know who, who is Lorenzen once you get to the postseason? I mean, he he's looked great since they picked him up, but I, I mean, obviously, having come from the Tigers, he's never sniffed the postseason before. Well, he he looked good in two starts, but then his past start, he did. You know. Like Good. yeah, he yeah he threw a new no hitter in his first start with the Phillies, but like you know, and he had a good outing the time after that. But then this past start, he looked like Michael Lorenzen of old. I, I don't know. I you know I here's the thing though, we we talked about it last year, and I and I said it very you know very much outright whenever it lined up that we were going to be playing the Phillies in the DS that like hey, at this point with the expanded postseason, whoever gets in is a dangerous team because they've been dangerous enough to get to this point. You know, I I think I, I am of the firm believer more so than ever after seeing the Braves finally win a World Series that it comes down to who's hot and who isn't. Well, folks, we have, for all intents and purposes, we have uh, about oh, a... Jesus Christ. <laughs> About five weeks left of this season. Uh, it's starting to look so. We'll like... talk to you at the end of the season because we're going to take another <laughs> month. Bro. Uh, but but from the Braves' perspective, it's starting to look like uh, like Matt and Austin are are kind of breaking out of the the mini slumps that they've each had. And 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 if anybody's going to take the mantle that that Ro- that Rosuna has held uh, for the last month. Uh, I, it's going to be those two guys. It's, uh, it's going to be fun to watch and, uh, hopefully we'll be right back here maybe a little sooner than last time. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Eh. But till then for Mr. Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We'll see y'all next time for another brand new episode of the chatting average podcast. Bye. This has been the Chatting Average Podcast. Be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash Chatting Average Podcast. And please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash Chatting Average. We'll see you next week for another brand new episode. <laughs>